0: Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers.
1: Flames on a four-minute power play as Ryan Hartman was sent off for slashing. 542 left in the first period. No score between the Flames and the Wild. In the second period, Habs up 3-2 on the Hurricanes. Blue Jackets leading the Penguins 4-1 Lightning up 4-2 on the Flyers. Maple Leafs and Devils now in a 1-1 tie. Panthers leading Vegas 2-1. Of course, Vegas leading the Pacific Division. The Oilers are chasing them. Sabres and Islanders scoreless early in the second period. Still to come, Sharks and Avalanche, Blues and Coyotes. And the Ducks will take on the Tentacles at 8 o'clock. Curling Kevin Cooey in control, fifth end. The Alberta champion leading Nunavut 6-1 at the Briar. All right, Oilers and Bruins coming up on Thursday, 4 o'clock here on 6.30. Chad, for the face-off show game at 5.30. And Bob Beers is a former Boston Bruin and a former Edmonton Oiler and now the uh, analyst for the Bruins on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Bob, thanks for hopping on the show, man. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to talk to you. I'm just going
1: to dive right in here. Uh, the Bruins have won 10 in a row. Earlier in the season, they had winning streaks of 6 and 7 twice. Uh, I I got I to gotta admit, Bob, when I looked up the winning streak, I didn't even think this 10-gamer would be their longest of the season <laughs> because they yeah. so rarely lose.
0: Well, I mean, what's it been like following this team? Um, well... Certainly, I mean, not going to lie to you. It's been, it's been a special year. I mean, I don't know where this thing goes. I mean, you know, obviously the, the the playoffs and the and the cup is it, it's cup or bust right now, especially with the, some of the moves that they made at the deadline. Um, it's been a lot of fun. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. It's you know, you, you bring back. Uh, you know, Bergeron was a question mark coming into the year. You know whether he'd come back, and then he did. And then David Krejci came back. Um, you know, they've made these trades. Uh, they they just they're. I don't know if anybody expected them to be this good. Um, I, I don't know of anybody that expected them to be this good. Um and it's been just it's been a lot of fun. They're they're a good group to be around. I I was around them earlier today. there it was a there was a charity event, it was a ping pong tournament that they that they did for a while and then the pandemic kinda of came along and and took that away. But they're they're back to doing it again. Um they were all having a great time. It's just, you know, everybody's happy, everybody's good, but ultimately you know we'll see what happens when the when the playoffs come that's that's the real you know challenge for this team because everything has come together here in the regular season for them no question
1: what if anything is the biggest change from Cassidy to Montgomery as head coach of
0: the team well look Bruce Cassidy is a great coach he really is I, I I think he is I mean um but I didn't play for him and I think you know some of the guys that played for him over the you know a period of time. It, it he was tough on them. You know it, you know coaches are there to win, right? And and it's hard sometimes to be positive Jimmy Montgomery's been really positive, and I think that that has been the biggest difference with some of the players that were affected most uh by bruce so you know like i said bruce was great i think you know the top guys really respected him loved him i think some of the other guys did as well They just they got in his doghouse and it was tough to get out all right and, so oh sorry um, i'll let you finish go ahead no go ahead So go ahead. sorry
1: i thought i thought you were wrapping up there but that does lead me into my into my next thought and i asked this to you not just as a broadcaster but as a guy who played pro hockey for a large, large portion of his adult yeah. life because you know we we talk a lot about systems in hockey how are you forechecking what are the line combinations what are the, what are the the line matchups like do when we talk about coaching in hockey should we talk more about tactics or should we talk more about the the vibe that a coach gives his team and and how a coach treats players when they have an off
0: period or an off game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, but I think some of it depends on your your leadership group, right? And, and I think the Bruins have a real good one. Um, you know, I, I can't speak to any other team around the league, Edmonton included, but I, I see that the leadership group here in Boston is just, they're excellent. Uh, and it starts with Bergeron, you know, maybe that started with Charo years ago, but it's it's Bergeron and it's Marchand and it's, you know, a number of other guys, you know, down the line. And if you start to hand that off to even some of the guys that are a little bit younger who are going to take over as a leadership group, whether it's McAvoy or, you know, even a Pasternak and and, you know, down the line there, that it starts with them. And if they're buying into what the coach is trying to push forward, I think, you know the coach has a leg up, right? So um, Montgomery is—he's just—he's been really positive. Uh, you know, you got to be held accountable too. It's not just everything's great. You got to be held accountable. You got to go through some video and and different things, and you know, figure out what you're doing wrong, what you're doing right. But he's got that leadership group in that locker room and, and just around every day that's going to set the tone and kind of set the standard for what needs to be done here to do things right. I mean, look, you know, the guy from Edmonton, and I know Louis well, and, you know, I got Louis DeBrusque well, and I got a chance to meet up with him. We were in Edmonton last week. I mean, Jake's, Jake's happy. You know, um, and I, I don't know. He, he played really well at the second half of last year. This year, he's been really good all year. He's been really consistent. He's played with Bergeron and Marcia most of the time. You know, he might switch around once in a while, but he's been with those guys most of the time. You know, uh, Brandon Carlo is really happy. Uh, Alinas Zolmark is really happy. Um, I can go up and down the line. You know, Trent Frederick's had, you know, career numbers, uh, at whatever, he's got 10 or 11 goals. You know, it's just... Even the role players, you know, they, they've been they've been happy and they've produced. And they've reacted very well to a new coach behind the bench and a new voice behind the bench.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, just an incredible season for Boston. And inc- An incredible scene in that division. As someone who follows the Bruins, yeah. what did you make of that lead up to the trade deadline with the Leafs, the Lightning, and Boston? Because they didn't stand pat and say, we rarely lose. They said, we got to get better too
0: all in right i mean it's all in it's toronto was all in six new six new faces in their lineup that's all in um you know and and i know tampa only made i think they only made the one change i believe uh with jeno and they gave up a lot to get him but they felt that you know he could help them and he, they've been all in every year and boston they did the same thing i i think they were done once they did the orlov and Garnet hathaway trade and then when Taylor Hall went down with an injury and Nick Foligno went down with an injury, they had to kind of double down a little bit, and that's where they added Bertuzzi. So um, it, it's been a it's been fun, you know. And then the team that was the number one last year in the Atlantic Division, number one in the NHL last year, was Florida. I don't think they did anything at the deadline, if I'm not mistaken. So it's it's very interesting right now, and I think it's kind of wide open who gets into the wild card. Uh, here in the east um, so it, okay, anything anything less than Stanley Cup for whether it's Toronto Boston, Tampa I, I think is a huge disappointment but there's going to be a couple teams that are going to be disappointed no question.
1: Yeah, Bob Beers joining us then on Inside Sports, Bruins analyst Oilers in Boston on uh, Thursday night. I, I thought these two teams had a pretty good game last week kind of a low event game especially relative Bob to the pace we see some games played at uh, nowadays and and I'm sure you you follow the Oilers a lot. Um, I mean, they went out and got Ekholm and Bugstad who, uh, I mean, I guess three of the four games since they got Ekholm, they've done well defensively. They couldn't keep it out of their own net against the Jets. But I'll I'll start with with McDavid. Um, Probably going to get to 150 points. He's already at a career high with 17 games left. I mean, I know it's kind of the obvious question. I know you're talking to a lot of McDavid fans, but I am interested to see your perception of of how he plays and how he can generate offense and especially since you played in the league
0: yourself no you know what i mean there's there's a handful of guys in the league that that would you know bring me out of my seat you know when you watch them and mcdavid is so much fun to watch he really is he just he's, he's on a completely different level um when when you play against teams you know, we, we interview the you know, well this year it's Jimmy Montgomery, you know, over the past few years Cassie, before that Cloak we we would interview coaches and before the game for our radio uh, broadcast and you know, you talk about other teams and you talk and and they they say, Well, you know, we're worried about ourselves and you know, we'll make a couple of little adjustments here and there and then you talk to Montgomery this year and said, All right, so what do you do against Mick David or you know, and and, and the top guys, Dreisidal and and et cetera and They, like, literally, you know, they try to alter their game plan in terms of how they defend, taking them away early, making them go east-west as opposed to north-south. Easier said than done, obviously, because of what he's done this year. And I think he had a couple goals against the Bruins. But it just, you know, you try to game plan against him, and it's just it's so hard because he's so good. Um, I'm excited to watch him. You know, I talked to somebody the other day, and they said, well, they said, you know, I said, are you coming into the game Thursday? They said, absolutely. So, we only get to see McDavid once a year. I'm coming into that game. I want to see him. You know, and that's that's just the, you know, what he, the effect that he has on people around the league. I just I hope people realize how good he is. I I know that they do. Um, I love watching him. I love watching him on TV. We only get to see him twice a year. I enjoyed the game up in Edmonton, even if it was, like you had said, kind of a low, that's better for the Bruins, I think, against McDavid, right? A low uh, impact game or whatever, however you put it. But I, I'm looking forward to see him at the TD Garden here in Boston on Thursday.
1: Yeah, well, and the Oilers have actually played uh, not bad in that building in, in recent years. So I think the road teams won the last five games in that series. I'll we'll have to check that for the, for the broadcast. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I don't know what that means, but you need to look for little trends like that <laughs> when you're broadcasting. Yeah. Um, I want to get a couple of memories from your career. I mean, you played in the 90s. W- when you came into the league, it was a higher-scoring league than when you <laughs> when you left it, oddly enough. You kind of played through that transition. I mean, so you yep. saw, you know, Gretzky, Jager, Lemieux, uh, some of uh, Pavel Bure. Was there a player that you just felt like, okay, I... I might have to take my lumps and, you know, like Alex Petrangelo, before Vegas was here a few months ago, I interviewed him and he said, look, I, I know McDavid is going to get my chances. So if he beats me, I just got to forget about it and move on. You know what I mean? Like he said, you can't, yeah. you can't write up. Was there a player that made you feel like that as a defenseman?
0: Oh, there were, there were a lot. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that good, so, well, you're pretty um, good. <laughs> Well, I was close enough to be in the league, but, you know, certainly not, you know, a top level guy. I mean, but um, I mean, I, I God, uh playing when I was playing for Edmonton. I mean, watching Gretzky and Curry come down on a two on one um, was was pretty, pretty, was pretty scary. Um, but, you know, they were playing for uh, L.A. at the time. Uh, they were, you know, I mean, Lemieux was phenomenal in those years. Uh, you know, I was with Boston and, and, and um, excuse me, Pittsburgh beat us uh, twice, uh, 91 and 92. And, of course, they went on to win the Stanley Cup in those years. Uh, in the playoffs, they beat us those years. Uh, you know, Boston lost to uh, Edmonton in, in 90. I unfortunately didn't get to play in the finals that year, but I got a taste. So, you know, th- there was so many top guys. I, I always admired Stevie Eisman just because he just worked so hard. He was always in your face, and he was so talented. He was so good, um, and he'd kind of come around. When that's where Detroit really started to get good, uh, you know, between him and Fedorov and and you know players like that, and go down the line. But yeah, there, there were so many good players. But I, I I do have a vivid memory of of, of Gretzky and Curry coming down on a two on one i me. Mean, like, what do I do? You know, what do you, who, you just pray, just shoot the puck wide or you just let one guy take the shot, right? So, <laughs> I mean, that's like, you know, again, you know, it's it's scary seeing those guys out there when you're, you know, you're, you're trying to make a living, but it's, uh, those guys are so good. And, and I'll, and I'll wrap just, I mean, up. Phenomenal players. Yeah,
1: and, and I'll wrap up. I, I, I don't think you were ever traded at the deadline. You were traded in the first half of the season a couple times. Um, yeah. how, you know, and, and the, the, the others players touched on it last week of that they were happy to get at home, but Tyson Berry was a friend and a popular teammate. And, uh, you know, there, there's a, there's a human that has to move and, uh, get into a new environment. How, how difficult or maybe smooth were the trades, uh, where you were in, in your
0: life and career at those times? Oh, Reed, it was always difficult, um by the way Eckholm i was was high up on on a lot of people's lists around here in boston as far as if he was available so i think you guys got a good player there um but no it, it was it was hard for i mean i i i loved boston and then i got traded to tampa but then i got a chance to play in tampa i really didn't have that opportunity in boston for a number of reasons you know it was my fault or i shouldn't say but you know I was I was part of it and there were good players in front of me I just couldn't get in and play and then I got traded to Tampa and I got an opportunity and I got traded to Edmonton and I got a great opportunity so but those are hard things to do you know when I got traded to uh, Edmonton I my son was two months old and you know I had to come home from practice and tell my wife that you know I got traded to Edmonton and and you know she had to you know I left that night you know to to go and meet the team and she had to make all the arrangements for, you know, furniture, everything else and whatever to, to, to be moved. And, you know, and she's, she's handling a two month old and a dog and, you know, so it's, it's not easy. I mean, look, you make good money. So you know what the deal is. You you, you understand it. We didn't make that good of money then, but you know, it's still decent money. And then she ended up coming to Edmonton and, you know, joining me and, she didn't know anything about Edmonton. She didn't know anything about Canada, and um, so it's it's difficult. It's difficult, but um, you know what? What helps is the the team has a good support staff, and the, usually the wives and the families really get along well, and they try to make everybody as comfortable as possible. And they certainly did when I got traded to Edmonton. That was that was uh, you know what what she remembered well, and what I remembered well that that everybody got you know took care of each other. So it, it was a good time. We, we, had, we had a great one year in Edmonton. I wish it was a little bit longer, but unfortunately it wasn't. So, um, but that's, when the trades happen, that's part of what goes on. And you, you, you don't really think about it as a fan, uh, but you know about it as a player, especially if you have young families and you know, wives and, or girlfriends, whatever, you, you know, that, that have to move and, and kind of get uprooted uh, with their family lives.
1: Bob, I always love having you on the show. I I was happy to get to talk to you uh, briefly in person in the hubbub last week of getting ready for that game. Enjoy Thursday, man. I hope we can talk again soon.
0: I will. I will. I'm looking forward to the game, and uh, good luck to the Oilers. I always kind of root for them. You know, hopefully they can uh, get it going the right direction.
1: Right on. That is Bob Beers checking in from the Boston Bruins broadcast booth.
0: This is Leon Dreisettle from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. McDavid out to McLeod. The shot saved, the rebound, wrap around scores! Connor McDavid! He got it
1: behind the net, wrapped it around!
2: You know, I saw someone that was competitive right from the drop of the puck, played the in every situation. Um, they have a lot of young skill on that, that team. Connor's at a different evolutionary stage in his his game right now, and I think everyone saw that here tonight.
1: Off the left wing side and out to Fogle. Now into the Sabre zone to McDavid. He'll look to the net. His shot scores! Connor McDavid goes five hole! And
2: We talk a lot about momentum shifts, and that's an area as a team we want to get better at. Um, I would say this. uh, You're going to Connor, and that's the finish. I saw a lot of really good plays that led up to that goal. First off, Connor defensively in the neutral zone was above his check, forced them to dump it in. Matias Ekholm made a heck of a play in order to advance the puck, and then what I saw Warren Fogle do, I was uh, beyond impressed with. So, um, you know, there's a lot of good plays. That led to that finish, and the finish was all world. He's the, uh, the best player in the world, and he's pushing his own uh, boundaries and personal bests and, and those categories. So, yeah, he's driving the bus. He's been driving the bus for a long time and uh, continues to push himself to get better.
1: Yeah, Big David, huge again last night. How high is he going to go? Well, 150, not out of the question. Maybe 160 points by the end of the season. Who knows? Okay, we'll update the scoreboard when we get back. Flames taking on the wild and a very special guest in the studio, Bryn Griffiths, Inside Sports on 630 Jet.